steal you for a second? Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Girls Night In. I'm your host for today, Glory, and I'm joined by my amazing co-hosts, Florina, Karen, and Michelle. And we are here today to break down Hometown Week of The Bachelorette, which was nothing short of a juicy, amazing, amazing episode. Um, But before we dive in, be sure to grab your PJs, your popcorn, your glass of wine, and get ready for an awesome recap. Before we get in though, one of the themes that we noticed this week was about seeing people's true colors and who people think you are, they may not be who they actually are in real life. So I thought it would be fun for us to get to know each other a little bit on a deeper level, because obviously that's important in any friendship and any relationship that you're in. So I'm gonna put you guys on the spot here and call on Karen first. My question for you is, what is your biggest fear? Hmm, that's that's a hard question. <laughs> I honestly, I feel like obviously like I, I'm afraid of like really scary animals like snakes and everything. But I think my biggest fear is being put on the spot and not knowing what to say. Ooh, yeah. I feel like that's a fear of mine too, especially in like, you know, like the Q&A for presentations or just like when you're in an awkward situation, you don't know how to respond or things like that. I feel like that's definitely a big fear of mine too. Yeah, no, like I remember, Glory, remember in first year when we were in accounting. So we took this course together in accounting and we had this prof who would always just like call on us just randomly at like the weirdest time. And sometimes it's like, you're not paying attention or you're falling asleep. And when he asks me, I'm just kind of like, oh shoot, like, I don't know what to say. Oh yeah, that's the worst. Yeah, I can't stand props like that. Like, it just makes me stress the entire class. I can't even concentrate on the lesson. It's, it's not a good method, to be honest. It doesn't even teach us. In a way, it's like, the whole their whole goal is to you know make make sure we pay attention but sometimes it's like you just get like you, you always get like anxiety attacks and everything uh-huh. mm-hmm. yeah I think for some people sometimes it can do more damage than it can uh be a benefit but Karen if you want to pass the torch to someone else and ask your deep question Ooh, okay um Lorena what's your love language Ooh, um, I would say my love language is probably quality time. I feel like, you know, with that quality time, you can make such wonderful memories and really get to know the other person. And obviously also like food, if that counts as a love language. <laughs> if somebody can cook for me and make me a good meal or, you know, buy me food too, you know, I don't mind that too. Then that's always, you know, a plus. I could pass the torch off to <laughs> They should Michelle. add that as the sixth I'm love language. How, what would you? <laughs> Literally. Oh, wait, sorry. <laughs> could you describe your perfect date? Ooh, that's a good question. Oh man, I feel like I've been dating heavily during the pandemic that this question like gets me thinking on like the past dates I've had and we've had such limited dates like just being outdoors but I think my perfect date would actually be in Disney World because I'm such a big Disney fan I'm like a big parks nerd like I memorized like 
the maps and like what rides there are, like the wait times, what's most popular. So like, I'm a huge nerd when it comes to that front. You guys should take me on a vacation to Disney World because I have your back. And I think I had a conversation with Gloria about this where we both kind of talked about it. Um, yeah, I remember that. Cause you went to Disney like a couple years ago, like I think for like a high school grad trip, right? So yeah, I'm with you on that one. Disney is definitely <laughs> a perfect date. Like it's only good vibes. Like nothing can go wrong when you're in Disney. Oh my gosh, I've never been to Disney World, Disneyland, anything related to Disney. <laughs> you are missing out because it is yeah. actually like magical. Like they say it's magical, but once you're there, you actually feel it in the air. Like it's something so indescribable. So when you do go, like when you're on exchange, I know there's Disney World in Paris or something, <laughs> then it'll be super fun. Yeah, no, I definitely do want to see. We could go together for girls' night in. We could plan this, like, trip for us, you know what I mean? And get sponsored by the Bash Relation, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so I guess I'll pass it off next to Glory. What is your favorite part of your body? Oh, oh my goodness. Um, I need to think about this. <laughs> um, I would say... Um, I guess my favorite part of my body is my hair for the longest time for me, it was, it was not my favorite because it was such a big struggle to deal with, like trying to find ways to kind of like control the volume and to have like these defined curls and, and to make it look the way I wanted and not look too messy. It was like a really kind of hard thing for me to kind of cope with and a long thing. And for like a long time, I never really appreciated it, but like over the past couple of years, like as I've kind of started to figure out how to style it and how to deal with it it's become slowly my favorite part of my body um because I feel like you know it's something that makes me unique and like you know I, I love it now so yeah I think that that would be my favorite part of my body if that counts yeah <laughs> I love that and I love your hair like yeah. my favorite feature of you is definitely your hair too so <laughs> definitely beautiful Thanks. Yeah. Honestly, I wish I, I wish I realized that earlier on, but yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to pass it to, you know what, let's go reverse. I'll pass it back to Michelle. What do you do to, to comfort yourself when you're sad? Oh my gosh. That's a really good question. I feel like there's like different types of sadness that I experience. Like if it's very like deep, like traumatic sadness where I'm like super in my field and I don't really want to even think about it, then I'll probably put on like a sad romance movie and just like cry it out by myself. Um, Cause it kind of takes me time to like dwell in my sadness before I even like have the ability to articulate to someone. But I think my next step would be to like go to a really trusted friend and just like rant it all out. And I feel like as I rant it out, like I get less sad cause I get to digest like what I'm feeling. So definitely friendships are a big comfort for me, just having those people that I can talk to. No, I agree with that so much. Like sometimes when you, you're alone, you start to like think of like really, really weird things and then it gets worse and then you get even more sad by like talking to someone. I feel like it's just like you're giving that, you just know that you have a really good support system and then I guess like also reliance too. Yeah, like, it's weird for me, because I feel like I'm a big self-soother, like, mm -hmm. I just really need someone to listen and, like, hear me out and have me just, like, rant it all out, because my thoughts don't exist until I, like, 
verbalize it like in my brain it's really messy and like I'm not a big journaler I just have to speak so even when I'm talking to someone about it like that's when I actually feel better like I'm like a self like I just self-soothe because in the middle of it I'll be like okay wait actually no I don't think that anymore or like wait actually maybe I'll do this and the other person's just like okay Michelle like yeah do that (laughs) and like just supporting me so yeah or like they could also like give you another insight another perspective and you're like oh wait I think I'm the, like, I actually, I'm wrong here in this case, you know, you start to realize, like, um, you know, certain situations, like, you could have been wrong, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perspective is everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes I record myself, too, like, voice notes, and I listen back to it, and I'm like, oh, okay, like, it, you know, like, how you're feeling right now is valid, but after, like, an hour or so, you start to realize, like, oh, like, you might have been wrong, you shouldn't be thinking this way and then you start to reflect yourself like you're kind of like analyzing after like all your mood swings is like all gone or whatever yeah actually because of you Karen I started doing that too like I remember you told me like you started like recording yourself and like how you're feeling in a day and like your emotions and because of that I was like you know that's such a good idea because I feel like it's nice to kind of look back on like how you're feeling at a certain point in time so I kind of started doing the same thing like on snap just like recording videos of myself and how I'm feeling and my emotions because I want to look back on it later and like you know recall those those emotions and those feelings yeah yeah so great insights I'll pass it off to Blarina what is your go-to breakup or in your feels song Ooh, that's a good question um I guess I don't have like a specific song but pretty much any song by Snow Allegra I feel like definitely gets me in my feels I love her so much she's amazing I don't know if you any of you listen to her maybe not but if you if you don't listen to her then you should start listening to her because she's really good yeah I know send the deets (laughs) yes (laughs) I'll make a whole playlist like <laughs> do that oh my God. Kim probably has a like in your feels playlist yeah no I um I treat my playlists as like diaries like my diary and like whatever I'm feeling I make a playlist whether I'm feeling great sad happy angry like anything it's just everything is in my playlist that's honestly like the cutest idea <laughs> but like at the same time it's like <laughs> you could literally just click on my profile my profile and then see like how I'm at, how I'm actually doing during this time if you know what I mean <laughs> that's actually so funny yeah I, I didn't even take that in because Spotify you could see like everyone's yeah. playlists and everything <laughs> that's cute though okay so I'll pass it back off to you Karen with the question of do you believe in soulmates Ooh. Huh. Ah, that's a hard question. Uh, I, I, yes, because I'm sure we have multiple soulmates, whether it's like friendship, family, you know, relationships, like anyone, right? You can like have, like, sometimes I feel like whenever I speak to someone, I just feel that instant connection. I just feel like that could be like a soulmate, whether it's like a friend, friend or you know, like a family member or like a long lost cousin or something like that. <laughs> um, so yes, I do believe in soulmates. Uh, yeah, so 
I guess I'll pass it back to Lori. <laughs> Do you prefer making plans or surprises? Uh, this is a good question. I think for me, I'm a planner, like kind of similar to Michelle, like if I were going to Disney, like I will know the park inside and out. I will make a plan for every hour, what ride we're going on, what we're going to do, where we're going to go after. Um, so I think like I would definitely be the type to like make plans and like do it out full. Um, I feel like for surprises, I hate like not knowing. So that's why I think I tend more to lean more towards making plans. But obviously if it's a good surprise, you know, doesn't hurt here or there, but I think definitely I'm the planning type. Awesome. So I guess that kind of wraps up our get to know us section. Hopefully all the viewers know a little bit more about us on a deeper level. And now we can kind of jump right into the actual episode, which, oh, so much to talk about here, but let's start from the beginning of the episode with the Blake, with the date with Blake. So obviously now, because there was COVID at the time of filming, filming, all the hometowns were taking place at the resort itself. So we saw with Blake, he had this kind of like Canadian theme hometown where him and Katie tried, uh, you know, tasting maple syrup. They played a bit of darts, went on you know, this moose ride, and then obviously played a little bit of hockey, typical Canadian stuff. Um, how do you guys feel about these kind of made up versions of these hometowns? Do you guys like um, the quote unquote hometown of like bringing it to the resort and giving a taste of, you know, what the bachelorette would experience if she were with this guy in his hometown? Or do you think it's a little bit too much and maybe would just prefer like a regular date or something like that? Yeah, I, I kind of like the hometowns. So I think it's really cute. Like, it's interesting seeing how they portray Canada. Like, it's kind of inaccurate, but it's just silly. So I think it's cute. And I, I like how they keep that as like a tradition, because usually we get to actually visit their hometown. So I rather prefer like this rather than the actual dates, I think. Yeah, I agree, too. I feel like, you know, someone's hometown is a big part of who they are. And like, this is probably the best way to kind of replicate a hometown date. Definitely though, I feel like the bachelorette and like whatever, they, they put in a low budget into these dates, I feel like, because <laughs> I feel like they could do a much better job in showcasing the hometown, um, even if they're not there. But I do think it is cute and maybe it's kind of cute when it's low budget, it's like quirky and <laughs> it feels more natural. Yeah, and I feel like it also fits their personality too for Katie and Blake, just knowing that they're both really quirky. So I think it's a great representation of them as a couple too. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, I feel like it doesn't obviously completely replace what it would be like going to the actual person's hometown, but I think it's kind of a nice, cute way to give them a taste and a glimpse of what life could be like in their hometown. Um, Obviously, this was Katie's kind of first hometown date, and we saw in the evening portion where she headed to meet Blake's family and get to know him and, and his mom and his sister and his brother a little bit more. How do you think Katie kind of handled this hometown as well as the hometowns in general, being that it was her very first one? 
I think she did a really great job. She was super natural and conversational. And I felt like the families, not just Blake's, but all of them really liked her and saw her personality and her true self. So I think she's handling it pretty well considering like all the cards that are dealt to her. Like, I don't know if I was the bachelorette and I had to meet all these families knowing like I had one guy in my brain or maybe two, I feel like I'd feel really guilty. So that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, I think she handled it pretty well. I feel like though with the first one, I feel like you could tell she was a little bit nervous, like kind of heading into Blake's hometown. Um, I feel like you could see it on her face and the way she was kind of laughing a lot to kind of maybe almost like hide the little bit of nerves that she had. But I feel like Blake did a good job of like comforting her and telling her like, you know, just be you and like, you know, my family's going to love you and everything like that. But I I feel like I could see a little bit of nerves, which was kind of cool to see, to be honest, to see that more vulnerable side. Yeah, I agree, because I feel like they're they're always so confident when they're going to meet families. It doesn't seem like they're ever too nervous. But with with uh, Katie, you could tell that she was nervous. But I do also feel like she, you know, it was easy for her too because all the families were so friendly and so nice you know she didn't have anyone really questioning her grilling her when in past seasons we've seen that so she was lucky with that for sure um but I think overall she did a good job no I agree with you Blurina like I just think if we were put onto that spot where we get grilled. I don't know how I would be able to handle that situation, but the fact that Katie was able to when Blake's mom asked where they stand, like, I think she gave a really perfectly well, like, well-spoken like, message response to whatever question that she had. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even realize that, like, Katie did have it really good. Like, none of the parents really, like, grilled her, kept pushing her for, like, answers or anything like they asked her questions she responded and it was like all roses and daisies like it was pretty smooth actually comparing it to some of the past parents that we've seen and I think you know while Katie got the good hand in terms of questions I feel like Blake when he was speaking with his sister he got a little bit of a tougher hand because his sister essentially exposed him by saying you know you went on Claire's season you were all in with her you went on Tasha's season all in with her and now you're all in with Katie what do you guys think about his relationship with Katie do you think that Blake is actually in love with Katie or is he just more so infatuated with the idea of being in love yeah I feel like it's it's definitely suspicious you know <laughs> he was on yeah, Claire's season and then all in with Tasha and now with Katie but like I don't know I just him and Katie work so well together. I could definitely see it. So I really like them together. But at the same time, it is weird. I feel like that he hasn't really told her that he's like in love with her, even though you could see that there's such a strong connection. I don't know if maybe it's because like, you know, it might be embarrassing if he doesn't end up getting chosen and he went on those three seasons. So maybe that's why he's kind of holding back. But I think at this point, he needs to go all in and and tell her that. Does Blake know that Katie's not planning on saying I love you or dropping the L-bomb like anytime soon? Only like, I guess, like when she proposes like the very like the finale. Does Blake know that? I don't think any of the Bachelor contestants know, to be honest. Like, I feel like Katie's told all the parents 
that because they asked, but I feel like she actually hasn't communicated it to the guys she's dating themselves. It could also be like a producer cut too. Like I feel like if she's telling her parent, um, Blake's parents, then I'm sure Blake knows too. Mm. Yeah. So because of that, maybe he doesn't want to say I love you either, just to make it messy. I don't know. Yeah, I I think I think he could potentially be holding back, knowing you know maybe he has jumped in a little bit before, a little too fast before with like Claire and Tasha. But, you know, one thing he did say in, in the date was, like, with Katie, it's different. And, like, I don't know. I do kind of believe that. Like, I feel like Katie is more of his vibe when comparing to Claire and Tasha. And so while I do think maybe he fell a little too hard and a little too fast with past relationships, even though it's kind of the same case now, I do genuinely feel like maybe Katie more is more of his vibe and more of his type. Yeah, I agree. Because... I kind of forgot like how all in he was for Claire like he was that guy that messaged her during that break because of COVID but we never really got to see that relationship so I don't know what it looks like for Blake to be genuinely in love with Claire I guess and then with Tasha, I felt like it was like a fake type of love that like he didn't actually genuinely like her she was just the lead so that you know he had to like do something and it was kind of proven with like the lack of chemistry on their date and then with Katie it's like completely 360 like we're seeing a whole new side to Blake that I've never seen before so I don't think it's infatuation I think he's like very genuinely all in for Katie and very in love so that's why like people should root for their relationship because I think it's very pure yeah 100% and I just love the maturity that Blake showcases in the relationship and the confidence that he showcases so definitely rooting for them um we see kind of after Blake talks to his sister about this whole topic, Katie also gets to speak with Blake's mom and very sweet woman. I love her. She seems like a great woman, yeah. but she, one of the big questions she asks is like, you know, are you in love with my son or like, what's the stance between you and Blake? And Katie has, you know, explained to Blake's mom about how she's choosing to withhold the words, I love you until there's one man standing and that's something that she not only communicated to Blake's mom but essentially to all the parents because they're all asking about this this same question you know how do you stand with you know my my son my child right so this is something you know I don't think we've really seen in recent years I feel like from Ben Higgins season he's the one who kind of started this whole like saying I love you to multiple people and I feel like from that season on we started to see and it became kind of a normality until this season where we're seeing Katie withhold it until the very end how do you guys you know do you guys agree with this kind of rationale of keeping it so that that's like the one thing that you can give to the final winner or you know how are you guys feeling about Katie's approach with saying I love you I personally love Katie's approach just because I feel like the words I love you is so meaningful to me or to anyone like it shouldn't be normalized like yes I get it I get it I know you're in multiple relationships and you can fall in love with multiple men but at the same time in the end of the day like your last person standing has to feel special and like you have to show that like you definitely do love them you know what I mean like just by throwing the words I love you to someone that you may not end up with it just kind of messes the whole situation and the person may be in a place where like they're in, like super confused in general so 
I think in a way she's saving herself, but also making it special. Yeah, I 100% agree. Like, I think this is like the proper way to do it. Like, I love you is so important and impactful. I personally feel like even despite the circumstances of the show, you can truly like only love like one person at a time, like romantically. Like, I guess, like, okay, I can't say because I've never been The Bachelorette, obviously, but I don't know. It's hard for me to digest how you can like love multiple men and then decide on one for an engagement when you like really loved the other. So I think her withholding that is really special and respectful to her future fiance. I also think that it's good like whenever you're like visiting the family and stuff, like when they ask you that question, have you said I love you? Like Katie's answer is good because it's like, okay, you can't really argue with that. It's the process. Um, Because I feel like in past seasons, people always struggle. Like if they haven't already said I love you, they, they struggle answering that question. The parents are always suspicious and stuff. So this way it's like, okay, it's the process. This is how it works and she explained it well right because she's saving it for that person in the end that's standing with her and being respectful to everyone in the process so no one can really be mad at her for doing that yeah exactly I was just gonna say like obviously I think it's a beautiful thing to kind of save it for the final person but more so like it kind of you know saves herself from any trouble that she might get into by saying those things to multiple people and then back to like Michelle's point it's like how do you choose if you say it to two people one person's then going to be even more so hurt because they knew you love them but then you didn't end up picking them so yeah I think it's 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 a nice thing to do and it's also a good way to kind of save her butt just in case you know she says it to multiple people and you know what could kind of start from that but that was kind of Blake's date um you know, I feel like the date, you know, overall went well. And I feel like that similar vibe kind of translated to Justin's date, which we saw next. The big storyline we saw with Justin's date was the fact that his parents were not able to make it. And I think this is a really interesting dynamic because I'm not sure if you've ever seen the show before where both parents can't make it. We've always seen, you know, typically one parent can make it or or, or something like that, or someone can kind of, kind of come and fill in. But in this case, we had none of Justin's parents. Um, how do you, you know, if you guys were Katie, would you feel comfortable moving forward with Justin, not having met his parents or, and getting their approval and, and, and their input? I feel like in this particular situation, it's like Katie and Justin already, don't really have the strongest relationship or at least like as a viewer I feel like that's how a lot of people feel watching the show um and so in terms of not being able to meet the parents I feel like that just puts them in a worse off position I feel like maybe if it was one of her strongest connections then maybe she would consider moving forward but the fact that him her and Justin aren't so aren't so strong um I think makes them, makes her just like, you know, makes the situation worse essentially. But I do like really feel bad for Justin because it sucks that his parents couldn't make it. But I'm also like surprised it hasn't happened in the past because I feel like a lot of parents would be like weirded out by this whole situation and not really want to be on TV. So it's crazy that it's a first and I really feel bad for Justin. I feel bad for Justin too. 
but then at the same time like this is like another excuse that katie could make to to let justin go and keep blake and greg but obviously greg is not there anymore. <laughs> so yeah no i personally feel like i'm surprised too because if i were on the bachelor i don't know if my parents would be comfortable <laughs> going like what are you going to talk about like oh why do you want to marry my daughter in like two weeks like you guys that for one month (laughs) I don't even know who you are (laughs) yeah I I think it's definitely definitely a weird dynamic and you know I did feel as well for Justin and Katie because you could tell they were both upset about it when Justin was calling his parents you could tell he was a little bit you know frustrated and when Katie heard the news she was a little bit upset as well so obviously like meeting the parents was a big deal and it is a big deal in any relationship to meet kind of the family of the guy or the girl you're dating but we did get to meet Justin's two best friends and you know I think they're a great dynamic and it was great to kind of you know see them on screen and you know I want to call out one of the conversations that Katie had with one of Justin's best friends and um I forget the guy's name but essentially the question he asked Katie was you know, tell me about yourself. Like, who are you? And I want to call out this conversation because Katie's response was, you know, she explained kind of like her bachelor journey about how, you know, she was presented the opportunity. She was kind of like, what the heck, you know, why not go for it? I'm at a point in my life where I'm ready to settle down. And I don't know, I found this response pretty interesting because Mm -hmm. we kind of talked about this last week about how Katie kind of gives, you know, sometimes more stale responses and doesn't give much and I feel like that tied with this response kind of leads me to believe like I feel like Katie's a little bit caught up with this bachelorette experience and being the bachelorette because I don't know I I find like if someone asked me to tell me about yourself like you know tell them who you are like what you enjoy doing your hobbies you know what you dislike things like that but she tied it back to her bachelorette experience which makes me feel like maybe she's like caught up in this in this world even though she is it yeah I definitely see that too like those are really really good points because when they asked when he asked tell me about yourself by the way the I think the guy that asked that I think he was in orange jacket I think it was Carl I want him to be the next bachelor (laughs) (laughs) Loki. like did anyone think that or is it just me I thought it too yeah right like he's perfect for it honestly I loved him yeah beautiful <laughs> eyes beautiful skin beautiful hair everything yes make the next bachelor please <laughs> I was literally thinking like if I were in Katie's shoes I'd be like drop Justin take Justin's friend <laughs> yeah honestly Justin's friends like I, I love them both I feel like they were both good. It made me like Justin more, but that's like a side note. <laughs> but in terms of like the tell me about yourself, like I fully felt the exact same way. I was so confused why she brought up the bachelorette and didn't explain things like maybe her family, how she grew up. It was, it was really weird to me, to be honest. Um, and now that you say that, like I think it's totally true. Like she's definitely caught up with the whole bachelorette stuff. And I think it's, I feel like this process is kind of taking a toll on her and it's making her a little bit more stressed. I feel like even later on in the episode, um, like with the whole Greg situation, I feel like she also does get caught up with the whole bachelorette stuff too in moments. And we'll probably discuss that later on, but 
Yeah, I, I noticed that too. And it was, it was interesting. Yeah, like, I think too, like, to the stuff that's later on, like, obviously, we're going to touch on it. But like, in terms of kind of the lack of response to Greg, and like, you know, even some of the words that she actually said the morning after about, you know, like, you're my number one, you're getting the rose. Um, I feel like she's yes. trying to play by the rules. And we're going to get into it more. But I feel like she's kind of trying to play by the rules and, and, and be the bachelorette and kind of hold herself to like, you know, she doesn't always need to kind of tell people where she's feeling. And so, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's kind of a vibe I got and a thought that I had when she answered that, tell me about yourself. But that was kind of, you know, her one-on-one -on -one with Justin and, you know, to kind of the previous point, like, how do you guys feel about her connection with Justin? Obviously it's not as strong with, you know, obviously as a, from the viewer's perspective, we can tell their connection is not as strong. Do you think from Justin's perspective, he knows it's not as strong as well? Do you think he knows where he stands with Katie? Because, you know, when we look at the episode, I was trying to like find a moment where Katie really tells him how she feels or where she stands with him. And I personally, like, I can't recall anything. So I'm just kind of thinking in Justin's perspective, like, how is he feeling when, in terms of like where he stands with Katie and, and, and going forward? I don't know if it's a producer's edit or they have no chemistry, but I just don't really see like the connection between the two. Like, I don't know. I didn't really think he was going to make the top four. Like, don't want to bring up our beloved Andrew West again, but oh. even like making it above him, I was so surprised. So I really wonder like what Ju Justin thinks. Like if I were him, I would probably not think that I'm like a front runner because I don't think Katie has necessarily shown him that much interest, but I don't know, like, he's basically finessed himself to top two, so <laughs> for him. I'm sad. that's actually so funny. I, I'm sure he knows that he's not the front runner, and I'm sure, like, from Katie's love, like, signs, hints throughout the whole season, just giving a rose to Greg, impression rose, roses all over the place and also like two one-on-one -on -one dates like obviously he knows that he's not number one right but like if I were him I'd probably be really sad and upset but I don't know if he's just doing it just for the sake of doing it or you know maybe he there's a chance for him to be the bachelor I don't know it it reminds me of Rachel Lindsay on Nick Biles season because Rachel Lindsay made it to Fantasy Suites and she told everyone that she knew that, actually everyone knew that Nick was going to pick Vanessa, but they just kind of stayed on and played it out. But all the girls knew that Vanessa and Nick were endgame. So I feel like all the guys are self-aware. Like, I'm sure they all thought it was going to be Greg, except maybe Blake, who had a little bit of hope. That's what I'm thinking, at least. Yeah. No, unless... You know, fantasy suite, there are chances that they will, you know, sleep together, if you know what I mean. Or to that, maybe again, like auditorat, like you never know. You know what's funny? Like, what if Blake and Justin thought that Greg was gonna be number one and now it's like Greg, what what's gonna happen now? Like that would be fun. You end up, you know, winning Katie's heart and then Blake's like, oh my gosh, I didn't expect this at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, so I guess, like, obviously, you know, the guys are probably all self-aware. They probably have some indication of kind of where they stand relative to everyone else. But I think I think they still kind of have a hope in themselves that, like, you know, they could be making it because they can't really deny the feelings that they're having for The Bachelorette. So I think they kind of tend, tend to lean towards those while still kind of being conscious of where they stand. But that kind of wraps up Justin's day. And then finally, the episode concludes with the third and final date, the biggest one of them all, Greg's date. So obviously for the day portion of it, you know, we see them play basketball, which, you know, Greg said he used to do with his dad and he wanted to share that piece with Katie. So producers kind of bringing up that storyline again. They rode a bike and, you know, we saw a video of his family kind of just like, you know, wishing him and Katie the best. And then we get to the evening portion where Katie meets Greg's family. Obviously, during this time, you know, like we talked about earlier, you know, the, the family time wasn't too, you know, hard on Katie per se. You know, the questions and conversations went relatively smoothly. And in again, in those conversations similar to Blake, Katie expressed how not only that, you know, she had a strong connection with with uh greg but also the fact that you know she's she's like i don't want to use the term front runner but essentially she (laughs) used that term that she he's a front runner in her mind and that he would be moving on to the next week which one i think is pretty bold to kind of you know say the guy's going making it to the next week without you know there being a rose ceremony but he she expresses this so clearly to uh greg's mom and everything goes well until after you know, this hometown date where Greg and Katie kind of chat and Greg pours out his heart to Katie saying that she filled a hole for him. You know, I'm assuming the hole was from the death of his dad, but she filled that hole for him. And we really saw a vulnerable side to Greg. And Katie's response was, I love looking at your face. (laughs) How are we feeling about this response? Because we saw that Greg was clearly a little bit irritated, frustrated from that response. Was Greg justified by his reaction to Katie's lack of response? I mean, at that time, I actually felt Greg, like I, I just, just imagine yourself like putting yourself into his shoes. You poured out your heart. You told him, you literally told her that she filled in that void. She means so much to me. And my, res- and her response was, um I like looking at you like obviously I would get mad too like I want more than that like I need validation right like are you sure you're you're in love with me like I was so sure like 100% that by the end of this it's going to be me and you but with from your response it just made me realize like oh is it just me is it just one-sided like did you not feel this way from the start Yeah, I think it was honestly just like a poor moment for Katie. Like, honestly, everyone makes mistakes. I'm not going to hold her to it, you know, because she, she, you know, didn't respond. But I think in that moment, like, really, like, you could have come up with anything more than I love your face. Like, I think even if I think in that moment, the vibe that I got was she didn't want to tell him, obviously, that she loves him or she didn't want to kind of tell him something that would kind of break the bachelorette rules or just say too much so I think she opted to kind of say nothing and with this you know opted to escape with you know the I love your face comment but 
yeah, I think she kind of just needed to kind of say like, thank you for sharing that or, or no, <laughs> let's not bring it back to that, <laughs> that case, but just like something like, yeah, like I'm, I'm, you know, I have strong feelings towards you too. I like where we're headed, just something to give the guy like some reassurance after he just, you know, poured out his entire heart to her. Yeah, I agree with that. And I feel like it goes back to like your earlier point when you were talking about like her kind of being caught up in being the bachelorette because it kind of makes it difficult for her to just be in the moment and be present and like appreciate everything that maybe Greg was telling her. Um, so yeah, it was in, in that particular moment, I like definitely understand Greg's frustrations because I know me like, that would definitely put me off if somebody didn't even give me any reassurance. But like you could tell in her eyes that like she really loves the man, like even after his response. I don't know if she necessarily had to give um, a verbal response. Like you could just tell in her face and she's been giving him so much throughout the entire season, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and she's been so patient with him because I feel like he's been giving her nothing the entire season she could have easily any other episode you know said the same exact things that Greg told her today so I don't know I think I think yes in that moment it was not a good moment but yeah like everyone has their mistakes and Greg like you should know like you've not been fully open the entire time during the process either I feel like I totally agree. Like, oh my gosh, like I just really agree with like what you said, Lorena. Like, I feel like she's been giving him so much. And like I've actually thought about in the past, like what have the what has the lead done when someone has expressed something so vulnerable because they can't necessarily be like, yeah, like I love you too. And Taisha, I remember she would just like smile and lean in for a kiss, and then like the moment would be over. And like the guy was really happy with that. They just felt really hurt and stuff. And I feel like if Katie like leaned in for a kiss and said nothing like Greg would have probably been like okay whatever like the the awkwardness kind of leaves and I think she just like slipped it up like she just said like I really love like your face mm -hmm. and then he just like wall up like yeah. shut down completely like annoyed look like was completely agitated she literally did not even know how to respond like she kind of froze too because I think she's so invested in Greg that the thought of him leaving makes her so scared that she literally doesn't even know like how to carry herself. Yeah. She shut down like that. It was terrible. Like she didn't know what to do at that dark moment. She was trying to like tell Greg secretly, like you're the one for me. Like I love you without actually saying it. Maybe because she is like the lead and is kind of stuck with that, but she is also the lead. Like there is a type of responsibility that comes with being the bachelorette that is just there. Mm -hmm. So I just really felt for her like, in the moment, I was kind of like disappointed for Greg, but I feel like they could have just worked past that literally in that moment. And Greg could have communicated to her like, oh, like, can you give me a little bit more reassurance in this moment? Like, I feel like I just poured my heart out to you and you didn't really respond back. And she could have spoken, but he didn't even give her that opportunity. And when she, when she, when he did, she didn't, he didn't like actually have an open heart to listening to her and receiving that. He was very defensive and didn't like even listen to like what, definitely not it's it just his, his true character sh shined like during that episode during that 
time in that episode just because like I feel like throughout the whole season like the wonderful man like he's perfect like what's wrong with him and like we finally got you know that <laughs> and then at the same time like I, I remember it really, really expressed anything and Katie wanted so much from him and then it, it's just like when he finally poured his heart out like Katie didn't say anything and why is it that he got angry but Katie didn't get angry you know what I mean it's like it's just not fair in general yeah and I think in terms of Katie not knowing what to say in that moment like I feel like she was truly like I think she was just like almost a little bit blind in that scenario like she truly had no idea what was going on or realized what she did because I feel like Greg was almost trying to get her to acknowledge her mistake like after he poured out her heart and then Katie like didn't respond he was kind of like prompting her like you know like after Katie asked him you know why are you sad or like your mood changed he's like well why do you think that is you know why do you think that is and he was almost kind of like speaking in this tone to get her to acknowledge what she did but like I truly think she didn't even realize you know kind of the fact that she didn't like give something in that scenario and even when they were like talking in the dark like she was kind of just thinking that he was just kind of stressed about it being hard and she kept just saying like trust me in this but I, I don't think she like fully realized you know what had happened so I think there's almost a little bit of grace for Katie in that scenario that she didn't really recognize kind of what happened fully until the next day when they actually talked about it. Exactly. And I, I also feel like Greg, although he doesn't admit this, when he went into that conversation, like he kind of had like a script in his brain already. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say that is because when I open up to like my boyfriend and I tell him something, I catch myself because I have a script in my brain on how his perfect response would be to what I'm sharing to him and when the expectations don't line up it causes like frustration and that was like a toxic tendency of mine that I had to like work through and be like why am I creating this like literally like blind expectation for this guy that like he has completely no answer book no like you know test sheets or like preparation for like this test I'm giving him like this is just unfair so I think when Katie didn't respond the way that Greg thought she would in his brain because she literally can't because she's the bachelorette and there's two other men involved that's where his anger came from and he didn't even like realize that he was just like no like I deserve better like why were you saying that like I don't like I was just so frustrated because I was like Greg like she literally can't like she's the bachelorette have you not watched the show bro like come on (laughs) and the way he said it was so manipulative too like the way he like asking questions and like, okay, well, this is how I feel like, or I deserve better. As if like, he wanted Katie to like fight for him and everything. And I don't know, it just reminded me of my past relationship. And it's just like, oh my gosh, like I started bawling just because like, I felt Katie so much. just like gaslighting in general, like an emotional abusive relationship. Like, oh my gosh, like it just makes me so sad to see like a perfect, you know, lovely woman being treated like that. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And like, I, it was really annoying how he asked so many questions, like in that, sometimes it's hard to realize, you know, the mistake that you made, especially in that moment. And so he could have easily just communicated and been upfront and been like, okay, this is how I feel. I, 
like I was expecting more reassurance but then he's trying to make it a long story asking her all these questions it's making her like even more worried and more stressed feeling like she's doing so wrong to him and he's really trying to make himself seem like the victim in the situation which was really frustrating and it's uh, Greg just annoyed me so much <laughs> I can't I can't stand him like he was saying such amazing things about her like how do you switch up so fast and yeah it's such a complete shift in his tone yes and I think like personally whenever there's a villain on the show I always try to give them the benefit of the doubt like I always try mm. to play like devil's advocate and I'm always like okay like maybe this maybe that and with Greg it was so hard for me because I felt like even though we maybe saw 20% of that full argument with what we saw it was like emotional manipulation like it was literally <laughs> literally like textbook gaslighting where like he was trying to blame it on Katie when like it literally wasn't her fault and she was apologizing for nothing like, yeah she said one thing like one response to something you said and that wasn't maybe correct like you're gonna end your whole relationship for that and you're gonna like end it and blame it on her because of that one moment like your relationship and isn't tan like isn't because of that one moment it's because of like other demons maybe you're dealing with or just like the relationship in a whole like mm -hmm. that just made her feel like she ruined it all when like she really didn't do anything yeah and this is just yeah. one argument like imagine in the future you know being an engaged couple married couple how many other arguments are there that obviously like no couple is perfect i'm sure there are arguments that are what happens it's just how well you communicate your thoughts and how well you manage it or resolve your problems too right so in this case like just seeing greg not listen to katie's side i just feel like katie definitely bullet like greg is definitely not for her for sure greg like has a lot to work on on himself before he gets into any sort of relationship because like that behavior was like really unacceptable and I think it goes back to kind of what he was saying earlier like the fact that he said that she filled a part of his heart like I don't know in my opinion you shouldn't make such strong like you shouldn't rely and depend on somebody to fill your heart you should fill your own heart first and then you can give your heart to somebody else yeah. you know yeah so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was it but <laughs> no yeah. love yourself first before actually you know spread send, spreading that love or like loving someone else when you can't even handle your own insecurities and your toxic behaviors exactly <laughs> yeah and I think for Greg to make that big of a statement that you filled a hole in my heart, I think it kind of, like, it explains why he was so frustrated because, like, to make that big of a statement, right, like, those emotions are coming from somewhere. So I guess that explains his frustration. But I think looking at the conversation that he had with Katie the next morning, like, he went into that conversation not trying to get a resolution, but with the intention to break up. Like, he wasn't the purpose of that conversation wasn't for Greg to listen to Katie, to hear her out, to whatever. He was going in with the intention that I'm not, I'm coming out of this single, right? And, and that was reflected with one, the way that he didn't even listen to her, even after she apologized multiple times in that conversation, he would just constantly be down on her and, con and continue to like verbally abuse her and saying like, 
you know, you're not the one for me. You're not showing me the same Katie that you were before and constantly just tear her down no matter how many times she apologized. And he never even like looked to find a resolution or, or after she apologized, like he never even, you know, looked to say, okay, like how can we move forward or, or, or think about that? And then the second piece is like with that conversation, not only was he verbally abusing her, but like also the fact that like, the, just like, as we mentioned that one instance is gonna cause him to break up that just showed that Greg was going into that conversation and just going into that 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 conversation with Katie with the intention to break up and no intention to actually resolve anything. I I honestly feel like I kind of like I I kind of know what Greg like Greg's thought process. Like I feel like he initiated the breakup, but his intention is to manipulate Katie so Katie could run after him and leave the show with him and not with Blake or Justin. So it's just like, in a way, he's just like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna break up with you. You're not giving what you uh, what I want. But obviously that's a, a kind of manipulation. He just wanted Katie to like follow him. Like, I thought that at first as well, but I feel like because he said that he deserved better, I feel like when you say that, it's kind of a point of no return. Like if I wanted, her to like run after me I, I probably wouldn't be that harsh I would be like kind of showing her hints like there can still be something with us like I still love you but like I can't do this process anymore and then that that would probably be like more manipulation where she would follow him mm -hmm. he kind of just seemed like so done with her like I deserve better and like bye Katie like you suck <laughs> I was just like oh my gosh bro like that's like that's just so extreme do you think he, this was his audition to be The Bachelor? Bro, no one's voting no. for him for Bachelor. Yeah, not anymore. <laughs> In his, his head, he's just like, you know, um, I deserve better. Like every single time someone says, I deserve better, they just end up being The Bachelor or Bachelorette. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> so I don't know. I think in this situation, like he was only thinking about himself. Like even the way he walked off, like from the conversation like I get like if you need a moment to cool off but he did that twice to Katie like he in that moment when you walk away from a conversation it shows like you're not even willing to like work through it like you're just thinking about yourself and how you're feeling in that moment but like what about Katie she's apologizing like she's trying to speak to you and get to a resolution but you're just like ignoring all that and just walk, walking away um so yeah, so honestly, just such an unfortunate ending to Greg and Katie's relationship. Um, you know, do you think like seeing that Greg was about to leave, like if you were Katie, would you just have admitted to Greg like he was the one, it's you in kind of like a last effort to get him to stay or, or, or what would you do in that situation if you were Katie? In my opinion, like it's definitely hard when you're in that situation but like Katie was apologizing so much and she shouldn't have been apologizing Greg was the one that was being very disrespectful maybe she could apologize for that small like whatever not reassuring him but to be honest Greg was just awful the entire time and she should not feel sorry she should not apologize for anything because that's the way Greg handled that situation was so mean and it made her feel so bad. So if I was Katie, like she should just say, okay, bye. 
like you're gone. I don't want to deal with you ever. I don't want to deal with any man disrespecting me like that. Like, so I think I'm happy that he ended up leaving, to be honest. I'm happy that he left too. But honestly, if I were Katie, I wouldn't know what to do. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. It's easier said than done. Yeah. No, like obviously us, like we don't have feelings for Kate, Greg. So we're like, okay, like makes sense. Like you should never like fall for that in her shoes so much love and you know feelings for him so it's just such a tough decision like I feel like for me like I'll probably be like kind of stupid and blind I'll probably just like go after him I was honestly surprised that like during the meltdown like she didn't express more of like because like okay do you guys think it was in her brain it was her and Greg at the end because like her reluctance to express herself while he was like breaking up with her made me feel like maybe she also was really into Blake and was kind of born at that point because I feel like like before he like obviously like said some hurtful things to me I would have been like don't break up with me like it is me and you at the end like I love you like pull a Colton and Cassie you know and like we just leave together and like hopefully try to you know like salvage it if I was really in love the fact that she did it I was like oh like interesting I don't know what that means I genuinely think she was just trying to play by the bachelorette rules I like even if she really liked Blake like I don't know I I I think we all know it was going to be Greg from day one and I I genuinely think she's just trying to play by the rules and like be a good bachelorette and that's why she didn't say anything more to kind of save him after, you know, that whole scene with Greg, then we see Caitlin go to comfort Katie as she's crying in her bathroom. Um, you know, obviously I thought this was an interesting scene, kind of, kind of just seeing the way Caitlin went to comfort Katie. Um, do you think this approach, like Caitlin approached the situation well with what she was saying, with how um, she was kind of comforting Katie? Um, I think... Yes, because she was asking Katie the right questions. She was asking Katie, like, how do you feel? What do you want to do next? Do you want to keep him? Do you want to run? Like, in a way, I think she's asking, does Katie want to fight for Greg and run him? But obviously, Katie didn't know what to do. And like, Caitlin probably didn't know exactly what happened. So obviously, she can't give the race to Katie. But I think we shall see what happens next week. Yeah, and I'm kind of curious, like, do you guys think now that, you know, like, Justin and Blake are watching the show back that this will, like, how do you think this will impact them? Because I think she chose one of them at the end, they're watching this, like, I can't imagine how they'd be feeling and how their families would be feeling about this. Because Katie literally said, like, to Greg like you think I want to do this like meet all these guys families and stuff like that and then waiting that she's gonna pick Greg so yeah what do you guys think I was literally thinking about that I'm like oh I feel so bad <laughs> for like whoever she picks if it's Dustin or Blake um because that's so awkward watching this back and like seeing the girl who ended up choosing you kind of it feels like you're almost her second choice 
like that's awkward I feel like though it probably won't impact their relationship because I feel like Justin and Blake are both nice nice you know and they'll communicate properly unlike Greg so I think it should be fine but it's just I feel so bad and it's like it's definitely an awkward solution I don't know though I think so too imagine if Greg and Kate actually added the Katie I I would say like Greg would be so annoyed just like watch and get mad just from watching I guess like Blake like her relationship with Blake and Justin so in a way I'm so happy that Greg left but like back to Lorena's point like I don't know though to be honest if they would just be okay like with it like if I were Blake and I ended up with Katie because like Greg got sent home like seeing that Greg was the front runner if I were Blake like I would have questions on like do you just pick me because I was the last man standing or did you pick me because generally I was the number one guy like I feel like that would be a serious question that I'd have and like I feel like something that could potentially like haunt you in your relationship like not knowing if you were truly the number one guy or if you were just the backup option because someone else left yeah exactly and like we've seen this in the past because I remember Desiree like way back when her top Mm -hmm. Brooks left at final two and then she ended up actually getting engaged to the other guy Chris and they're still married today it's been like maybe seven years and they definitely did share that they struggled through it but it kind of worked out in the end and even Caitlin Bristow and Sean like I remember Caitlin and Nick had sex before fantasy suite so they were intimate and Sean really struggled because he hated the season and they wrestled that for a really long time so my prediction is that if she's with Blake, because I don't think she's with Justin, they're going to have to, like, really, like, fight this. And it's probably really hard for them now. Like, I don't even think Katie could have described to Blake, like, the veracity of the situation in the glory that oh, – oh, glory, that's her name. Um, so, yeah, I'm very, very excited for the after the final rose, because apparently Greg is showing up. So love to hear his take on everything. Yeah, it'll definitely like be a lot to work through. But I guess it goes back to like sometimes in the moment, like you don't really realize who's the right person for you. Like in the moment she was so in love with Greg and like she loved him. She wanted to, she seemed like she was going to choose him. But was he really a good choice for her? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point too, because you know, obviously Blake might be having some questions about, you know, if he does end up getting chosen, like, you know, was I the backup option? But I think it's interesting that just because she had, you know, like Greg was her number one guy, that doesn't mean that Blake was not it, right? He, she could have had a stronger connection with him, but it just like wasn't at the level that she had with Greg. But that doesn't mean that they couldn't work in a relationship and that she might not like love him or have feelings for him so I think that's actually an important distinction to make that you highlighted Lorena that like even if Blake's the second option that doesn't mean he's necessarily like a bad option or that she doesn't have feelings it could have just been stronger with someone else but she could still enjoy his time his company a relationship with him 
So that kind of wraps it up for this week's episode. Honestly, a lot went down and it's only going to get juicier and deeper from here as we head into the finale episode and seeing after the final rose what Greg has to say about all this and what went down. So thank you all for joining and tuning in. We love you all. Um, Please be sure to like, subscribe, and follow our uh, Spotify account to keep up to date with when we launch our new episodes. And yeah, tune in to next week's episode as we recap the finale and finish up, you know, our first season of this podcast. So yeah, take care, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye. We're, We're here, here for, for the, the right, right reasons, reasons only. only.